I want to start off by saying fuck my trust in technology. So, I did an entire episode and my goddamn the headphones died halfway through. But I didn't realize it and the thing stopped recording after nine goddamn minutes. And it was a good fucking episode. So I have to do it all over. Um, what we're doing today, uh, man, I hate when that happens. But we're going to get through it and I'm just going to do it again. Uh, well, I just read the article. Here's what we know about mental fatigue. I will post a link in the in the post in Facebook. All right, so who are we? The Warrior Workout Network. We're just a group of veterans. We're here. We realized that there was an issue, and we came up with a solution for our veteran community uh, for the obesity and suicide epidemic. So we, we think it's a good solution. Um, so this summer, we'll be out of Fort Campbell shooting a pilot episode that we're going to be using... Um, we're going to be posting workouts, and we're going to be promoting community workouts and this and that. We're doing every goddamn thing we can to get people off their asses. Um, and that's who we are. We're rough, we're tumble, we swear. Um, and that's that. If you are interested in checking us out, go to www.warriorworkoutnetwork.org. Um, Listen, the, the recovery process isn't beautiful, isn't sweet. Um, you know, that's what therapists are for. They're, they're, they're there to paint you that beautiful picture and be nice and soft to you. We, we, we very much tell it how it is um, around here. We, you know, we love everybody. You know, we are very nice people and all that, but we can't necessarily say that we're, you know, we have the, the smoothest delivery, if you will. So bear with us. Our intentions are good. We're just assholes. Nah, we're not really. We're, we're good people. We just swear a lot. And you know what? It's all right. Uh, so today, uh, the podcast, we're reading a, an article. Here's what we know about mental fatigue. Uh, back in 2009, a research team at Bangor University in Wales published a study showing that mental fatigue impairs physical performance. Subjects spent about 90 minutes sitting in front of a computer screen uh, watching a bland documentary, or yes, a bland documentary, or playing a simple but focused demanding computer game. Afterwards, they hopped on an exercise bike for a time uh, to exhaustion test. Those who'd played the computer game immediately reported higher levels of perceived effort and gave up 15% or earlier than the documentary watchers. <coughs> Sorry about that. It's still early, so I'm keeping it quiet, too. Um... See, the results might seem predictable, but the magnitude of the effect was a surprise. In performance terms, sitting at a computer for 90 minutes was roughly the equivalent the, of the negative effect on your legs of jumping off a 14-inch box 100 times. Hmm, seems a little dramatic. Mental fatigue, a topic that had been mostly neglected by exercise physiologists since the 1800s, late 1800s, suddenly became a hot topic. This year alone, there have been studies uh, of its effects in soccer, swimming, table tennis, and cycling. You guys know how I feel about cyclists. Table tennis is likely right the fuck up there. Um, the big practical question, of course, is how to avoid or counteract the efforts of mental fatigue. There are several ideas out there, but it's hard to draw any firm conclusion uh, when the feeling itself remains a black box. What exactly does it mean to be mentally tired? What's actually happening to your brain? Proposing an answer to these riddles is the challenge that a paper in sports medicine 
um, from a team at the University of Canberra led by Christy Martin takes on. The basic hypothesis that Martin and her colleagues present, drawing on a suggestion from 2014, is that mental fatigue results from an accumulation of a brain chemical called adenosine. In this picture, sustained cognitive activity burns up glucose, particularly in the regions of the brain associated with effortful mental processes, such as the anterior cingulate cortex, and I hope I said that correctly. Uh, this temporary and localized fuel shortage uh, triggers a rise in adenosine levels, which in turn blocks the release of neurotransmitters like dopamine. Uh, the result is a rise. Uh, the result is a rise in perception of effort and decrease in motivation. In other words, a uh, feeling of mental fatigue. It's almost impossible to monitor fluctuating levels of brain chemicals in humans in real time, but there are various lines of evidence that bolster this view. Uh, for instance, it's well established that adenosine levels progressively increase when you're deprived of sleep, then decreased when you finally conk out. In rats, injections, oh man, when I did the first episode of this, I went through this this next line, I went through this like four times, just stumbling through it because it's worded. The syntax is a little funny. Um, it was funny, um, but unfortunately, my shit died. In rats, injections that increase adenosine levels in the brain led them to make lazier decisions, choosing easily available but unappetizing foods uh, instead of going to the trouble of pressing a lever to get better food. They're right there, it's just it's, that syntax is so funny that it just. It's a little clunky. They could, have, they could have smoothed that out a little bit. In contrast, caffeine blocks the actions of adenosine. Uh, has, has some similar, it has similar molecular, a similar molecular structure, so it can attach itself to the same receptors of the brain, preventing adenosine from doing its dirty work. Uh, we all know the mental fatigue-fighting powers of caffeine. The net result is that picture, this picture turns out to be, cr fuck me, I'm sorry guys. The net result, if this picture turns out to be correct, uh, is that having a bunch of adenosine in your brain makes everything feel harder. Uh, this seems to matter most in sustained endurance activities when you have to fight an ongoing battle against your desire to quit. In, sure, in short, uh, more intense activities like sprinting, uh, on the other hand, uh, you can suck it up and overcome the mental fatigue. That means that in, in an intermittent running test that alternates sprinting and jogging, man, my brain is ever, my brain just started getting a little, I have attention issues, so when my brain starts thinking of other things while I'm reading, I get clunky, so let me refocus. Uh, that means that an intermittent running test that alternates sprinting and jogging, think a soccer game. Mental fatigue doesn't affect how much ground you cover while sprinting, but it does slow you down during the jogging portions. Late in a soccer game, in other words, you can still sprint for a loose ball, but you're less likely to be in the right position to start the sprint. Maybe that's why you train to be tired. So that when you are tired, that's maybe that's why you train tired, so that when you are fucking tired and you're actually going through it, you'll be in the right place because you're fucking used to it. The practical takeaway, according to researchers, is that anything that lowers the levels of adenosine accumulating in your brain has potential to improve your endurance performance. Caffeine is a prime example, though hardly a new one. Think combat. Think about intermittent combat for a minute. Um, stress shoots, you know, uh, that's why they do that shit. Get you all worn out uh, while you're on ranges. Get you running a little bit. Get you doing some push-ups and sit-ups and then have you fucking shoot. Get you used to it so that 
when you're actually in combat and your heart's pounding and you're shaking, um, you can collect yourself up enough to, to make that straight shot. Simply avoiding cognitively challenging activities before a big competition, a mental taper is another strategy uh, worth considering. In a crazy study a few years ago, cyclists had to watch a video of a woman eating her own vomit before riding a 10K time trial. Uh, when they were asked to maintain a poker face rather than show their disgust, a mentally fatigued act of emotional regulation, uh, they cycled an average of 25 seconds slower. I've heard Samuel, uh, well, first of all, it's Samuel. I don't know why I just said it that way. Samuel Marcora, that last name is very uh, funny uh, for my eyes. I'm just not used to saying the name. So Samuel Marcora, the lead researcher in the original 2009 mental fatigue study, uh, compared the demands of watching this video with the demands placed on athletes to be polite during interviews with nosy journalists right before big competitions. Finally, uh, there's a seductive lure to training your brain to resist mental fatigue so that you can accumulate less adenosine. Martin and her colleagues suggest that repeated exposure to mental fatigue might eventually make your brain more efficient uh, so that the neurons themselves in areas like the anterior cingulate cortex consume less glucose. And again, I hope I said that right. Um, such brain training might also increase the amount of fuel your brain is able to store, just as an exercise leads to an increase in how much glycogen your muscles can store. I hope I said that right. Where's my muscle-bound motherfuckers? Y'all make sure I said that right. I'll, you know, I'll look it up after this. Um, both mechanisms would help keep your brain adequately fueled, but in turn reduce the buildup of adenosine. Uh, Marcora has conducted some pilot studies using the mental fatigue-inducing computer games as a form of brain endurance training with promising results. Um, I tried it myself a few months, for a few months, and uh, I can't say it was a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, but it's important to realize that endurance training... That, By the way, that was from the article, not me. Uh, but it's important to realize that uh, endurance training itself is a pretty potent source of mental fatigue, and thus uh, maybe its own form of brain endurance training. After all, what is a marathon other than several hours of resisting the powerful and eminently logical urge to uh, slow down or stop? Um, well, talk about fucking tripping over that one, too. In one of Martin's earlier studies, she compared professional and amateur cyclists and found that the pros were better at the mentally fatiguing computer tasks. Uh, the pros also didn't get slower on their bikes after a mental fatigue session, unlike the amateurs. Well, no shit. They probably have better tools um, to prepare themselves for fatigue than an amateur would, even, you know, regardless of how much fucking time they have. Um, that suggests that all their training and make their pros better at handling mental fatigue, uh, perhaps by reducing how quickly adenosine builds up in their brains during sustained cognitive effort. Oh, that's a good thought, actually. I didn't catch that the first time I read through that. Okay, so that makes sense, yeah. Um, so the open question uh, to me is, how much headroom is left for improving mental fatigue? If you're training twice a week and have more free time, you're obviously going to be better off doing more physical training with mental benefits built in automatically rather than thinking about mental training. But if you're already training pretty hard, uh, is there a benefit to adding some mental exercise to potentially boost your performance without the added uh, load on your body? 
My suspicion is that a more practical insight will come from thinking of ways to avoid mental fatigue in the first place, like the mental taper concept. But having a well-articulated physiological model of what mental fatigue actually is should pave the way for some experiments to test these ideas out. Uh, this is from Alex Hutchison's new book, Endure Mind and Body, Mind, Body, and the Curiosity, Elastic Limits of Human Performance. Um, I will post this link uh, in the Facebook article. So I don't really exactly have much of a closing tag. Our, my other podcast, Not How It's Done, uh, it's, you know, let's end this piece of shit. So I'm thinking, I want to have somebody... If you can come up with a sign-off that I like. No offense, I just don't feel like putting a fucking mental effort into right now, right this second of making a sign-off. And you know what, I'm, I'm going to take the opportunity to allow a little engagement from people. So if you can think of a good sign-off tag for me, uh, I'm going to send you a Embrace the Stuck sticker, which... Embrace the Stuck uh, is our new stickers. It's embracing your stuck points, um, accepting them, understanding them, and figuring out how to get the fuck around them. So embrace the Stuck. Um, you'll get a free Embrace the Stuck sticker, and then our new shirts when they are ready and in. If you have not seen the design, go to our website, www.warriorworkoutnetwork.com, and whoever does this will, I'll give you 50% off that t-shirt. Um... What else? So, yep, come up with a good good closeout for this podcast and a uh, free sticker and half off a t-shirt. Can't go free right now because I can't afford to give anything away for free. Zero capital, man. Come on. Um, what else? Yeah, I think that's good. We're going to call it good on this.